If you're doing any level of renovation on a house, you must understand how to put together a scope of work. And if you're thinking your investor-friendly contractor is going to do this for you, you are sorely mistaken. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the five keys that we follow in how to understand putting together a scope of work and how to execute the scope of work. So with that being said, let's go. This is John Barbera with an investor's journey, bringing you real tips and strategies to help you invest in real estate the right way. In this channel, we share with you lessons learned as full-time real estate investors like this video right here. So if you're finding value throughout this video, make sure you hit that like button. So this video right here is actually part of a series that I'm doing on how to flip in 2021. And we're covering everything from the beginning to the end of a flip, analyzing, understanding what a flip even looks like, managing contractors, scopes of work, everything. So make sure you hit that bell notification so you are notified every time we drop an episode. And you can now text me at 210-794-9898 with any questions you may have. You're going to get alerts on special insider tips that we're going to be putting out in real time instead of waiting perhaps weeks or months before we do a video. It's going to be real-time tips, strategies, things that we're learning. You're going to get it in the moment. So make sure you text me be a part of that community to be notified as soon as things happen. And if you're looking to understand how it is that these policy changes and the news that's making headlines will affect you and your investing, then you need to be watching Coffee with the Johns. Every Friday morning, 8 a.m., we cover all of that. We cover new trends. We cover the, the news that's hitting the market, how that's affecting real estate, policies being made, everything. So don't miss Coffee with the Johns every Friday, 8 a.m. live. And make sure you stick around to the end because on this one, I'm going to share with you a very powerful tip on how it is that you can control your scope of work throughout the whole process and why that's important. You should never rely on a contractor to be creating a scope of work for you. A contractor is in a good contractor needs to be good on how to do the job. It is your job as the real estate investor to know what that job is, not your contractor's job. Your contractor should understand only how to do the job that is required. You need to understand through the comps, through pulling comps, comparables on all the houses that are, are selling in the area, the conditions that they're selling in, everything that they're selling in. You're the one that needs to understand based on all these comps, this is what we need to do to this project. Your contractor is not going to know that. Your contractor doesn't have access to all of those properties. You understand your contractor is bringing their knowledge from perhaps doing multiple jobs across the city and they're bringing their knowledge on all of these houses and saying, Hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. But real estate is location specific. So if they have the knowledge from doing houses across town, and that is a side of town that's completely different from where you're renovating, then what they're recommending may not make sense or be required in your area. Neighborhoods are different. Buyers are different. The houses are different. So you need to understand based where this house is located, based on these comps, where this house is located, what's the type of work that's being done? Do you need to renovate a whole kitchen or just resurfacing the cabinets and changing the countertops is enough? 
only the comps are going to tell you. A contractor might say, yeah, let's just sw swap them out. You know, it's only a thousand bucks for this. It's only 500 bucks for that. Next thing you know, you know, you're spending thousands of extra dollars and time that you perhaps did not need to spend because you're relying on your contractor. The scope of work needs to be put together by the person that knows what work needs to be done. Now the contractor only needs to know how to do that job. So what does the process of actually putting a scope of work together looks like? Well, I walked the property recently and I recorded the whole, th everything that we look at, everything, you know, from the exterior, interior, everything and why those things are important. So you're going to check out that clip right now. And when we come back, I'm actually going to show you the actual scope of work that we ended up putting together and detail, very detailed scope of work. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you everything that we did after I did that walkthrough. So check that out. So we're outside this house that we just bought. This one's gonna be a flip. So I'm actually just gonna walk you through and how we put together a scope of work. The tenant here was nice enough to throw all the garbage outside. Uh, I would have rather him left it inside so it's not blowing everywhere, but that's what it is. We have a contractors and dumpsters coming tomorrow. But biggest thing to keep in mind in the exterior is you wanna look at the fascia, you wanna look at rot, these are all things like this house is going to be a flip and these are all things that are going to come up when um, when they do the inspection and stuff and you don't want that to be a problem like these things right here uh, so the camera focuses on my hand so like these cracks right here you want to make sure you get them filled in especially if you're painting you want to get all of those things fixed fix, you know down here and you want to budget for that because I mean a lot of people they don't you know they don't take account of how much these things add up so as we come around here you see down here there's more you know like right here and a simple fix for something like that is you literally just like cut it and you cap it off right so you cap it off that looks fine um here there was more down here so you see down there these posts some of them have them some of them don't so you're gonna have to cap that off then what we do is we'll clean up a lot of this landscaping because it's just kind of just crap everywhere. Sorry for the wind. But um, we'll clean all this up. We'll probably put like black mulch all through here just to spruce it up, make it look nice. We'll clean these bushes that are directly in front of the windows. As you can see, the shingles are already up there. We're doing uh, the roof. It's going to be putting a brand new roof in. And then if you see the siding. So here we are taking a look at everything. We're gonna be replacing all the siding here, putting all new siding, making sure all this looks nice and clean, painting the whole exterior. Uh, we're fixing this fence up. So these are all things, again, everything adds up. We're gonna clean a little bit of the landscaping back here. So like just around the AC and when you come take a look at the house, right there's a sticker, the manufacturer, you always look for the hoses, right? Those, you're going to see the sticker of when it was manufactured and everything. You always want to get that information because that's what's going to tell you how old the unit is, whether you have to replace it or not. And then the same, like you see, continuous siding issues, fascia, the chimney is, is really jacked up. We already climbed on the roof and we saw the other end. So all of those things, getting rid of all this garbage, it's going to cost money as well. Dumpsters, look at all the fascia here. 
we're putting in a new French door because this one is like, you know, it's really old. It's really jacked. And we're uh, selling this house around the two, 210 to 20 price point. So, you know, it's still a decent price point. You want to make sure you put good stuff, make it look nice. So we'll clean all this up, all of this crap, fix the fence there and there. So, and then the other side of the siding over here, it's also really messed up like the other side. So we'll be replacing, we're pretty much doing the siding almost on the whole house. So that's the exterior. You want to look at, again, fascia, the trims, you want to look at all that, make sure that they're not rotted through because a lot of times when they're too messed up and then the wood behind it is messed up, you can't even put new siding because it won't grab onto anything. So you want to make sure that's taken care of. So now let's head on inside. All right, so here we're inside. I'm gonna be ripping up all the flooring, putting all new flooring here. We're actually gonna be leaving the cabinets. They're uh, wood cabinets, really good condition. We're just gonna repaint them, resurface, uh, you know, just sand them down, repaint the cabinets. We're gonna put granite countertops, new sink, new appliances, not a fridge, but new stove and a new dishwasher. We're gonna be scraping the popcorn ceiling because as you can see here, there was a leak and oh, it's popcorn ceiling. So not, not really popular um, feature to have. So this house originally, when we came to look at it, it was actually full of crap. They did clean it out pretty well. So kind of sucks because they had a really cool knife collection that I wanted, but I guess they took it with them, whatever. So you can see massive cracks there seems to be foundation issues leaning towards this corner. This house is uh, pulling away a little bit. So I'm about to meet an engineer over here because it didn't seem like it was crazy foundation issues, even though you see cracks like that, but there's also a leak on the other side. So that crack could be caused by that. So we have an engineer just to give us a, a very accurate idea of what we're looking at. Then we're gonna be taking out this paneling. You, sometimes you can repair it, but when you see stuff like that that's warped and really jacked you want to just go ahead and remove it so here's the fireplace we're gonna this fireplace we kind of make them a focal point so we'll paint this some accent color the right this uh banister thing we're gonna paint it a different color really make it pop again the paneling here we're gonna be removing putting sheetrock in there laminate throughout the whole floor so it's this so we get into the hallway. I don't know if we had turned on the lights yet. So, yep, okay, good. So here's the, the bathroom. Okay. Tile throughout, new vanities. Um, obviously new toilet, you know, leave toilets. We're, this shower, what we're doing different um, is we're gonna resurface it. So you can actually have some, somebody's gonna come in and they're gonna resurface, which means they're gonna sand and paint like everything. And when you redo that, it looks brand new. And in this area is more than enough. Then we'll put nicer fixtures and new appliances and pretty much call it a day. You know, we're replacing these fixtures for newer ones, painting this over here, and we'll change out all the light switches and the, and the plugs just so they're new but that's about it then we have the bedrooms bedrooms same 
scrape ceilings, everything. Here we'll frame out the closets for a regular size door and uh, and just do that. The windows are fine, especially for this neighborhood. What we'll do is we'll hire a company that comes in and they do a very deep clean on the windows. They scrape everything off so they get all this stuff out, all this, all this stuff, they get it all off and it makes it look a lot nicer. Registers, if they're really messed up, you know, we'll get new ones. But a lot of times when they're just dirty, we just clean them up and shoot them with a fresh coat of um, semi-gloss semi white paint and that's it. So this bedroom, same thing. New light fixtures. We actually put on the regular bedrooms, we put what we call the nipple lights. They sell them like in packs of two or four at Home Depot or Lowe's. So for a bedroom, that's more than enough. And if we put ceiling lights, the only place we put them is in the master. So we'll put a ceiling fan here and in the living room. And the same thing here, we'll frame out the closet. We might do laminate in here, we haven't decided yet. Or we might, usually we do carpeting in all bedrooms, but we're, we haven't decided exactly what flooring. Now you have this bathroom that they kind of updated. So they have this, that, so you have this door that's a glass door, it's actually in pretty good condition. And then you have this, it's like stone, marble, I don't know what the heck it is, but it looks really nice. So we're just gonna give it a very deep clean and change the fixtures. And you're gonna have, you know, obviously a new toilet and new sink, and that's about it. So it's a very simple project, nothing crazy on this one. But at least you get a, an idea of what we're looking at. And here we will run, because we have space, we're gonna run a light and we're gonna put a ceiling fan because these are the rooms that you walk in and even though you have a switch here, this switch goes to one of the plugs on the floor and you usually plug a lamp in, but you know, 2021, you wanna have it turn on an actual light. All right, so now that you walked the property, you ran the comps, you looked at what houses in the area need, you know, what kind of updates your house needs, everything, you looked at your property, now you can actually walk the property with a contractor because now you understand Based on the comps, here are the things that I need to do. So now you can walk it with the contractor and tell them, hey, this is what we need to do. This is the level of work that we need to put into this. This is what needs to be replaced, what doesn't, you know, what we need to clean here, what we can leave there. And now you can have that conversation with them about seeing does this need to be done a specific way? How do you handle this part? How do you handle that part? Now you start seeing which contractors are going to be good for this scope, that scope, depending on what it is that you saw needed to be done, now you can start bringing contractors in. When you bring the contractors in, you need to provide them a very detailed scope of work. And this is done in writing, all right? You need to break this down in a lot of detail and be very specific with the scope of work. Who's doing the job? Who's removing this? Who's installing that? Who's paying for the materials? When are the draws being made? Who's responsible for what sections? Are they paying for these materials? Or are you paying for this one? When are they going to be delivered? What is the process of communication? All of these things need to be detailed very specifically in the scope of work. This is a lot of work, but when you are doing this as a business, you're going to see that all of these things are going to play a big factor as you continue with the renovation. You're also going to want to cover here, you know, how much money is going to be held until the job is completed. 
right? You don't want to pay every, uh, any contractor in advance for a job that has not been completed. That is very common. Every contractor is going to cry, bitch, and moan about everything of why they need to be paid. It's your job to protect your money and to protect your investors' money. They don't need to be paid. If they need money for materials, go buy the materials. There's so many, it doesn't matter where they're buying it from, they can go get it and the company will call you and you can pay the materials online, uh, over the phone, through a credit card, a million different ways. There is no excuse. You shouldn't pay them for labor that has not been done yet. This is how people get into trouble. This is how people get too far ahead of giving out more money than the job that's been completed. And this is a way that you're going to end up overspending on a rehab and either not making any profit or even losing a ton of money. So don't get ahead of it. Be very specific. Be very clear. Here are the draws. Here's everything. And if they say, hey, I need an advance for materials, I need this, and you don't have that working relationship with them, just tell them, not a problem. Here's the scope of work, right? Here are the phases. So what's the first material? Well, you need this. All right, let's go buy that material. I'm not going to pay you for the labor. You understand? I'm not going to pay you in advance for labor you haven't done. And I don't care how much they kick and moan, don't do it. Because usually when they're kicking and moaning the, more, the most, that's typically when they're probably going to screw you over. Because those are people that, you know, are living paycheck to paycheck. And they're most likely robbing one to pay for the other. So that's when you get in trouble. So even if they're giving you a killer price, there's probably a reason why they're doing that. So protect your investment. Be smart about how you do this. So as you can see in the scope of work that we created, so this is the same scope of work for the house that you just saw the clip for. Now on this scope of work, you see that who's providing the material, who's responsible for what sets of material, what are the phases of the job? What are the draws going to be? Who's picking out certain paint colors? Who's picking out certain um, actual material with the flooring, with the tile and all that? Everything is specific on there. We've had situations where we've had contractors come in, do the demo, and they've ripped out everything, ripped out the base moldings. And then they come and they say, hey, are you going to put base moldings back? Yeah, you ripped them out. Well, I, that wasn't in my bid. Oh, you ripped out the base molding. What the hell do you think I was going to do? Paint to the floor? Like, wh wh what else would I do there? You understand? And that's when we get into the change orders. So dealing with change orders. A scope of work is a breathing document. All right. This is not something that's set in stone. You don't create a scope of work in a stone tablet and it never gets modified, especially if depending on the size of the work, depending on the size of the scope, the amount of work, this scope is always going to change. Maybe you guys had agreed to, you know, phase one is going to be X, Y, and Z. Phase two is going to be this, this, and this, right? And then all of a sudden you start working on phase one and then things change, materials didn't get there on time, the weather happened, whatever it is. So then they end up saying, okay, we're going to do phase two, part of phase two right now. And we're going to maybe do a little bit of phase three right now because we can't get to the other sides. All right, that's fine. Just make sure you're modifying the scope of work in writing and it's being specific with the contractor saying, all right, cool. We're going to move this here. We're going to move this here. Then we're going to reallocate. This draw is going to go here. This draw is going to go there. Do you agree? Yes, it's in writing. Have them initial it, send it through email, have them confirm everything in writing. You want it detailed. You know, this is how you can keep them honest because you don't want to be later arguing. He says, she said, it's not going to go anywhere. You understand? And this has happened to us 
bunch of times where contractors tend, or pretty much anybody for that matter, tends to get amnesia when it benefits them. And then all of a sudden they don't remember saying this or remember doing that. And this is why you want to make sure everything is in writing. So when they bring you a change order and everything, it does not mean that you should pay for it or you should do it. All right. If you did your scope of work correctly, then if they're bringing you a change order it's really because something did happen that was different. So on this particular house, as you saw in the walkthrough, we told you that I was going to, we we're just going to refinish the cabinets. Well, after we took it down, we cleaned it out. We did some work. Turns out we're running comps again and it makes more sense to actually rip out the cabinets and put in new cabinets just because we can actually get more from the comparables. We saw the comps, they're going up and everything. And if we put in new cabinets, we did our cost basis of how much it's going to cost us to do the cabinets versus how much profit we're going to get by being able to push the comps more. It was worth the, uh, the extra expense. So there's a change order there. Right. So these are things that we understand and we took into account and that's what we did. So you can't be so, you know, narrow sighted with the scope of work thinking that it's an end all be all. This is what it is. This is all it is. It's not like that. All right. The scope of work is a breathing document. You got to go adjusting it, but you got to make sure you're adjusting it and you're showing them and they, the contractor are understanding the scope of work is being adjusted. Now, the last part of this, don't be emotional. All right. This is something that a lot of, especially new investors that are getting into this get so damn emotional with this. They get emotional with the contractors, with the job, with everything, because I mean, I, I get it. You know, nobody wants to be screwed over. And a lot of times contractors already have that stigma that they screw everybody over, you know, as well as investors. We all have them where everybody's getting screwed over. We're all, everybody's screwing everybody else over. So just don't be so emotional about it. All right. If you get screwed over, guess what? You got screwed over. All right. Don't, don't let that affect your ego of you saying, you know, oh, I'm too cool. I'm never going to get screwed over because you end up overcorrecting and you end up doing a lot of bad business that ends up hurting you even worse. So one of the things I always hear from uh, new investors and everything, oh, if they do this, I'm going to sue them. If they don't do that. I'm going to sue them. You're not going to sue anybody. All right. Stop it. You're not suing anybody. It costs way too much money and they don't have a damn thing you're going to go after. Most contractors, you, first of all, you can't take their trucks. You can't take their tools. You can't take their home. So unless they have assets and a ton of money, you're not taking anything. And all it's going to do is cost you headaches and a ton of money to do that. And it's just doesn't, it doesn't get you absolutely anywhere. So wipe that out of your head. You're not suing anybody. Unless, of course, you're stuck in massive projects, right? You're doing multi-million dollar projects. It's different, all right? But when I'm talking about renovating houses, uh, you know, one house at a time, all this, usually, trust me, it's not going to be worth whatever the hell just happened to sue anybody because nothing's going to come out of them. Another thing, you're not going to hit them. Stop it, all right? Oh, if they do this, you know, I'm going to, you're not going to, trust me, I know. I've wanted to put a lot of contractors set through walls. You're not going to do it. All right. Again, stop being so emotional. You're not going to fire them either. All right. Be strategic. Think about the process. Think about everything. Don't fight with them. Don't argue with them. Try to resolve the issue. A lot of contractors, they have a massive ego. This makes it very good to negotiate against them because when they have their ego, that's all you got to do is play their ego against them. So you start kind of just 
playing that back. You said you were going to do this. You know, what happened here? You Can you not handle this? Can you not handle that? You start kind of just messing with their ego a little bit, make them kind of like backtrack and do their job. But you don't want to piss them off. You don't want to fight with them. You don't want to try to threaten firing them because if you fire them in the middle of a project, it's going to cost you more money to get that project done because now you got to find somebody that's available either the person that's available right then and there either suck or they're expensive you understand very rarely are you going to find somebody that's actually good and available at the same time so you either got to wait now until you find somebody it creates more problems all of this hostilities uh tension these are things that you do not need so if there's a problem just be like all right cool hey this happened let's talk about it what happened where was the miscommunication you understand? Even if you know it's their fault, don't say that. It doesn't help anybody. All you're doing is abusing their ego and they don't like that. So just talk to them. Talk to them. All right, this happened. I get it. But, you know, can, can we work this out? How can we get this done? Look, this is not the only project I'm working on. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be fair to you. I'm trying to make sure this works out. You know, how? what can we do? Is there other materials we can use? Is there something else we can do here? Try to work with them. And like I said at the beginning, don't assume they're out to screw you because if you're going with that mentality that every contractor is out to screw you, it, you're going to create a more hostile environment between you and your contractors because you're always just kind of like they say anything and you're like, oh, okay, this is it. This is it right here. This is where they're going to try to screw me, you know, and this is it right here. And I've done it. That's why I'm telling you that all of this comes from experience. You know, we've done it. And all it does, it creates more problems and tension. So, you're, you're in it. You picked them. This is a contractor you're going to work with. You know, okay, follow the process. Trust the process. If you created a good scope of work, that scope of work is going to keep everything good, going to keep everybody honest. If you didn't get too ahead of paying them, you're not going to be out of money that much. So there's ways to mitigate all the risk involved with doing this. And if you're working with a contractor that says, you know, oh, no, I need X amount down and you need to get out of my way and I'm going to get this and I'm going to just go get somebody else. All right. Because that contractor's it's already a pain in the ass and you even haven't started working with them. They're only going to get worse. So don't work with them. Go find somebody else. So the bonus tip, controlling your scope of work. What do I mean by this is the best way you can protect yourself is when you create a scope of work, you don't let the contractor get too ahead of it or jump around too much. So you create the draws based on certain projects, certain areas of the scope being completed. So let's say you're telling them, okay, we're going to do the roof and the siding, right? That's going to be phase one. Great. It's the roof and the siding. He doesn't need to do the roof, the siding, and demoing inside yet because you're not there yet. The thing is that if you give them the whole scope and you let them kind of have at it, then if any problems arise later and you and you do actually need to fire them, it's going to be much harder to plug a new contractor in when there's a million little things started everywhere and nothing got accomplished. So you want to make sure it gets started, it gets finished. It gets started, it gets finished. You understand? So if it's siding, do the siding, right? Installing the siding is not the same as painting the exterior. Everything has its face. So they're installing the siding. Okay, that's one part. Then you're painting the exterior. Okay, that's another part, right? You're demoing inside. That's one part. You're painting. That's another part. Every part, you're, you're sheetrocking, you're taping float, you're scraping the ceilings. 
everything has its section. If you do this with your scope of work and you tell them, I'll pay you by section as each section gets completed and it's fine to modify them. It's fine to jump around per section, but the sections need to be completed. Don't start. I'm going to be replacing a little bit of siding here and I'm going to be doing a little bit of demo here and I'm going to be doing a little bit of the roof here. No, that now it's getting out of whack. It's getting too out of control and they jump in all over the place. Have them start and finish each section. You understand? This is how you're going to protect yourself. So if you need to fire them, you can get somebody else and say, okay, this section is done. Now we need to plug you in here, here, and here. Or if they're starting to get behind, you can hire people for these other scopes that need to be completed because you've broken them out and you don't have anybody stepping on top of each other. So keep that in mind when you are managing your contractors and when you're running your scope of work. So make sure you check out this video right up here on the first part of this whole series on whether or not right now is the right time to be flipping. And we have more training down here. So if you liked it, hit that thumbs up and we'll catch you in the next video.